Welcome to the Mind Muscle Connection Podcast, a show that is dedicated to educating you on applying science-based training, nutrition, and mindset strategies from some of the top minds in the industry to help you build a leaner, stronger, and more confident self. I'm your host, Jeff Hain. Let's dive in. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Mind Muscle Connection podcast. Today is a Q&A episode. And I have three questions I'm going to go over. But first, before I go into that, I'm just going to go over a few ways you can help support the podcast. So if you are sick of just focusing on weight loss and instead want a body recomp, then my one-on-one online coaching program is for you. I help you lose body fat and build muscle with my body recomp training, nutrition, and lifestyle methods. We look at things like your lifestyle and biofeedback to individualize your training and nutrition program to you and your specific needs. There's also at least one or two bottlenecks that we figure out that are keeping you from seeing the results that you want to see. And these are things outside of the training and nutrition protocol. Those are important, but a lot of times what I see here is there's one or two things outside of that that are keeping people from seeing the results that they want to see. And they're usually playing a bigger role than what you think as well too. If you're interested in that, in the show notes, I have a page that you can go check out. And then we have the application form. And then if you want to reach out to me on Instagram, you can also uh, send me a message on there and we can chat about that in more detail. If you aren't interested in full coaching, I do one-on-one consultations where we troubleshoot any issues you have and or map out a game plan for the next couple of weeks or couple of months. I'm going to get that. The link to that to figure out is also um, under coaching and you can look at my services and, and what that um, entails if you're interested in that. If you want to learn more about body recomp, I have my masterclass on body recomp, what it is, how to do it. And you can find the link to that uh, in the show notes as well. Next, you can follow me on Instagram, Jeff, H-O-E-H-N underscore. That's where I'm most active on social media. If you have any questions or anything like that, you can send them uh, to me there. And then lastly, if you found this podcast to be helpful in any way, if you could leave a rating and review and that will help more people find this podcast. So with that out of the way, I want to dive into today's question. So my first question is trying to lose the last five pounds and afraid to go to maintenance because of normal gain. So this wasn't really a question, more of a thought, um, but I did have some things I wanted to talk about on here. And really my first thought is this is where too much stock in just the scale uh, can hurt you long-term. Uh, you need to make sure you're also paying attention to body composition, looking at things like we want to make sure that muscle gain, we want to look at body fat, like these are important and not just the scale weight. So we need to make sure we find other ways to look at this and not just base everything we do off of the scale weight. Again, the scale weight can tell us the energy balance that we're in over long periods of time. But if we're always going to be afraid to eat a little bit more because of what the scale is going to do, you're just going to run into this issue where you spin your wheels, right? You're, yeah, you're just, you're just always going to be in this weird state. And then eventually you might just be like, you know what, screw it. I'm not making any change. And then your weight just comes back up because you're not focused on anything. So we really need to be careful with this thought process. We need to make sure that we don't just focus on the scale weight, because like I said, you are going to spin your wheels with this long-term. And I think part of it is understanding that, having other things to track, but understanding that what the scale weight does. And, and I've spent a lot of time on this podcast talking about how to understand what the scale is doing. And again, a lot of what I do with my coaching is really bringing a lot of awareness around the scale and what it means. So a client can understand what is happening there from a day-to-day standpoint. So that's super important. But also I think it's important to, again, not just track scale weight because otherwise you get into this kind of mindset, which like I said, leads to you spinning your wheels. And saying this, what I want to do is I want to go over a few ways that you can, you know, like why this period of time, maybe you struggle with this and, and some things you can do to 
help you work through this period of time, right? So I think the first reason why people struggle with this period of time after they're towards the end of their fat loss phase and then going to maintenance, right? And then they're scared of seeing all this weight come on. So I think first it's the expectations. Realize that this period is tough, right? And there's nothing wrong with you for having these feelings. So I think that's first. Your body does want to regain some lost weight and there is a high drive to do that. Second, I think the other expectation is that people think they're going to stay the exact same weight. So this is a huge one and you need to be careful with this mindset. So again, this is where if you're just focused on scale weight and what that's doing, you're going to be in a tough spot there. So again, what happens here, you see the scale weight go up one morning and then they freak out and think they're gaining a bunch of body fat. But again, you're going to see your weight come up slightly in most cases in this situation. And remember that maintenance is a range and not just one exact number. Your maintenance calories are a range and your maintenance weight is a range as well too. Okay. So this is where we need to stop thinking thinking, oh, hey, I'm at 154. I woke up at 155. I gained one pound of body fat. That's not how it works. Your maintenance weight is in a range. And so again, just realizing that when you are spending this period of time decreasing your calories, you're going to be depleted in a way, right? And then you eat a little bit more food and your body is going to soak up that a little bit, right? That doesn't mean it's fat gain. It's just going to, your once you start to eat a little bit more carbohydrate, you're going to hold on to a little bit more water. Again, that's not a bad thing. Sodium, when sodium gets a little bit higher, again, you're eating maybe a little bit more food, you might hold on to a little bit more water weight. And then you just have more food in your system at any one time in your belly and things like that. So you're going to see your scale weight come up slightly from that. However, in saying all this, that that could happen. That's what's going to happen from like a day-to-day perspective. But also what's important is what you do following the fat loss diet. So what you are doing in that process is going to make a world of a difference. Okay. And I think first here, it's, you got to check your expectations with this. So it's checking your expectations. So finding other, you can measure. Here's some things that I see people struggle with and why they, why in the past they've dropped weight and then they've gone back to quote unquote their maintenance. And then this is why, when then they see a ton of weight gain, uh, right? So I want to take it from that perspective. And so what we can do here is we'll go over the mistakes and then we can go over, okay, so what can you do uh, with those? So the first is somebody does a fat loss phase and then they're done. Now they just start to incorporate a ton of tasty food. Okay. So following a fat loss diet, it's easy to start eating more tasty foods. However, these foods are easy to overeat tough to moderate and are exactly the types of food your body wants, especially following a fat loss diet. So we really want to make sure that when that fat loss diet ends, that we don't just go straight to, oh, now I can have anything and everything. Yes, go and enjoy some food, but you really want to be careful around it. You don't want all of a sudden your all your meals to change to calorie dense type foods. So I push clients to limit tasty foods as much as possible for two to four weeks after their fat loss diet. Most of your food increases should come from your quote unquote diet foods. So for example, if you're having rice during your fat loss diet, you're having a half cup, now you're just going to do one cup or three-fourths of a cup. And then over time, you can start to increase your tasty foods. So for example, two to four weeks after, 90 to 95% of your food is nutrient-dense, single-ingredient type food. And then four to six weeks, maybe it's 80 80 to 90 nutrient-dense and then 10 to 20 tastier foods, right? So slowly over time, you're going to ramp it up because if you just go from all quote-unquote diet foods to all more processed calorie-dense type foods, you're going to struggle there and you're going to have a tough time moderating your caloric intake. The next big thing somebody does here that makes this period of time challenging and causes some over, causing weight to spike up a little bit too much is no moderation. So you're going to be hungry following it for a period of time after your fat loss diet. It's just going to happen. What this means is that you need to still display some sort of moderation. You'll want to eat that extra serving, but you will, you'll still need to say no more often than not. Right. I think again, people are like, oh, I'm out of a fat loss phase. Now I can, not only am I going to 
eat anything I want now at this point, but now I'm not going to have, I don't have to have any sort of moderation around it um, because I'm not quote unquote dieting. That's wrong. You still need to, especially the closer you are to the end of your fat loss phase, the more moderation you need to display. And then you can slowly wean off of that as you get further into it. If you don't ever make those tough choices, you're likely going to have a tougher time following your fat loss diet. I think it's also super helpful to continue tracking for a bit of time after your fat loss diet. So you don't overshoot your calories in this period of time. Sleep is another thing that can make things very challenging in this post diet period. So poor sleep is going to hurt you at any time, but following a fat loss diet when hunger is high, it's going to make things even tougher during that period of time. So poor sleep is going to likely increase your hunger and increase your want for tasty type food. Make sure you're still getting good sleep in this process. Just to sum this up so far, if you're scared of seeing some gain afterwards, what you can do here is make sure you're still eating more of your diet food. You just increase the amount of those, right? Still have a good base of that. Slowly increase uh, your tasty foods, but you still want a good base of your diet foods too. You still need to display some moderation, right? So again, you do those two things, you're already going to limit how much you know, you're going to do, how much weight you can gain after that fat loss diet. And then poor sleep would really focus on your sleep. If you're, if your sleep's in a good spot, you're going to have more energy and you're also going to manage your hunger and cravings better because of that. All right. So the next thing is, you know, still have some sort of goal, right? And this is where I'm saying, get your mindset away from just the scale weight. If your only goal is to maintain your low weight from the fat loss diet, you're going to struggle during this period of time. You need to set other goals. My favorite is setting some sort of like training and performance goal. Some other examples could be aiming for a step goal, aiming for a protein goal, working on like new habits, right? This could be, again, I'm still going to display moderation, even though I'm not fat loss dieting, but I'm also going to work on that balance a little bit more. Also, your goals could be seeing your biofeedback improve, right? So paying attention to your energy levels, looking at your hunger, how's that? How's your sleep, right? So setting some sort of goal outside of the scale weight can be super helpful here. And I think the training performance goal is the best one that you can set. Hey, I'm really going to push training. I'm going to try to overload, things like that. And that can be a good thing to get you away from just overly being focused on just scale weight. The next big thing that I see, the next big issue that I see in this period of time is restricting when you see your weight go up one day. So again, you get on the scale. Oh no, it's up two pounds from yesterday. Now I need to just cut back on on everything. Then you, it's this vicious cycle, right? Then you go back to restricting and then you end up being in this up and down cycle, right? You restrict, now you get hungry. Then you go back to, oh, I'm supposed to be at maintenance. I need to increase my calories. So I'm going to have more tasty food. Then it's tougher to moderate. Oh no, now I gained more weight. Now I need to go back to restricting and it just ends up being this vicious cycle. So we really want to make sure that we're not, and again, this goes back to just making sure you don't put every everything, all your stock into just the scale weight. But we need to make we need to be okay with seeing that that scale weight fluctuate a little bit here um, in this initial period of time. We need to stick with it and not go straight back into a, a a fat loss mode. So again, this is why I think tracking can be super helpful here because it's like if you're tracking these things, you you have that that data there to be like, okay, you know what? I just need to cut back on my calories. If you're not tracking anything, you're just winging it. You don't really know where you can make these improvements at. Then th- this is a big one, and this is one that again we talk about having a training. A lot of people won't lift in this process. Um, you need to make sure you're lifting. Seeing your scale weight come up a bit while lifting is a lot different than seeing your scale weight go up without lifting. I always tell people that even if this is a client who's struggling with this period of, a period of time where maybe they're seeing their weight come up a little bit. So look, if you're still weight training in this process, that weight's going to look a lot different than if you are not lifting. Again, is this going to protect you from all fat gain? No, but it is going to have an impact and it's going to really improve. Like It's going to help your overall look, right? Again, this that, that requires you to take a step away from just focusing on scale weight. So you need to make sure you keep lifting following a fat loss diet. Your body is going to be in a better position to build muscle now that you are eating a bit more food in this process. And, and, and when you weight train, your body does just do a 
good job of utilizing the nutrients that you give it much better. The next is somebody having low overall activity levels. Just because your fat loss diet is over doesn't mean you can just drop your activity levels. Like you still need to make sure those are in a good spot. So I think maintaining a moderate to high activity level is one of the best things you can do to maintain your body weight long-term, right? And again, I just talked about how when you weight train, your body does a better job of utilizing the nutrients you give it. Same thing when you're staying active as well too. So I think making sure that you still aim for a step goal during this period of time can be super helpful there on that. And then lastly, not having any accountability. This period of time is not easy. So trying to find some sort of accountability. If you have done weight loss challenges or worked with a coach and they didn't focus on this period of time with you, they're doing you a disservice. So having some sort of accountability, whether that's through a friend, a group, or a coach, having some accountability during this time, at least going through it at least once with somebody who's going to work with you during this period of time is going to be key. Again, maybe finding people who've done it before, or again, having a coach to help you guide help guide you through this process is super key. Again, I think this simply all comes back to, we need to set expectations with it, but we also need, we need to set expectations. We need to look at other things besides just scale weight, but there's also things that we can do in this process to limit, you know, what happens there uh, with that. Okay. So hopefully this was helpful. If this was you, and this is going to set you up for much more successful, at least hopefully now you feel much better about uh, this period of time. Again, if you do it right, you'll be in a much better position. It's just usually when people just wing it, that's where they get themselves into trouble. So if you're doing at least some of these things, you're in a good position. It's just, again, when you just wing it and say, you know what, screw it. I'm just going to eat anything and everything. That's where people, you know, end up regaining all the lost weight and more. Yeah. So next question is, do I need to train abs in a fat loss phase? So do you need to? No, you don't need to. Again, with the abs, revealing your abs is going to come down to just losing body fat. A lot of times people will ask me about how can they show their abs and it just, you have to get leaner. You have to drop body fat. Doing more abs isn't necessarily going to cause them to like, pop more. It could a little bit, but again, it's losing overall body fat's the most important thing. Now, I do feel like building your abs does help with seeing them at higher body fat percentages, but not in all cases. This is going to be dependent on where somebody genetically tends to store body fat. If you tend to store a little bit more body fat in your midsection, it's going to be tough to see your muscle, your ab muscles at higher body fat percentages. So what would be the thing to do there? Again, it would be to drop body fat. However, again, in saying that, I do think that if you train your abs like you would train any other muscle group, you can probably see them at a little bit of a higher body fat percentage. But again, there's always going to be that point. And this point is going to be different for everybody where you just have too much body fat to where you can't see them. Take me, for example, when I get in my fat loss phases, when I get down to probably closer to eight to 10% body fat, my abs do start to pop. I've trained my abs regularly. I don't do any extra volume. Once I'm in a building phase for a while and I start to get to the top end of my building phase, no matter what, they just, they don't, they're not really there, right? They're not very visible unless I'm like really squeezing down super hard. So just a, a personal antidote there on that in, in terms of what this looks like. But again, at the end of the day, you don't have to train your abs in a fat loss phase. You don't really need to train your abs ever because they do get some indirect work. However, if just to be on the safe side, if you want to train them a couple times per week, go ahead and do that, right? I think the biggest thing here is making sure you train them like any other muscle group though. Don't, oh, hey, I want to see my abs. I'm going to go do abs three times a week for an hour and just do an ab workout. I think that generally is a waste of time. So these endless ab circuits and just ab specific workouts that are longer than 10 to 15 minutes, just a complete waste of time um, in my mind. Um, because again, usually they end up just being like a ton of junk volume. You're just doing super high rep sets that aren't really doing anything. And again, it's just not a good use of time. So to sum this up, no, you don't need to. Again, it's mostly going to come down to uh, your energy balance, losing body fat there in order to really reveal them. However, at moderate body fat levels. I do think that if you train your abs, you can see them a little bit more. And then as you gain more and more body fat, they become less visible, if that makes sense. So hopefully that was helpful. Let me know if you have any on that.
All right. So my last question of the day is anything in particular women in their forties need to focus on from a body comp standpoint. So I have three things here that I think women in their forties need to focus on from a body comp standpoint. I think the first one is avoiding long periods of time and a deficit. And this can be a deficit that you are actually in, right? And that's seeing your body weight trend down over time. And then also the period of time that you're trying to lose body fat. So if you are trying to sit, if you're trying to say that you're losing body fat more than one third out of the year, you got to reevaluate what you're doing there. I just think that you are hurting yourself long-term from a body composition standpoint if you're trying to drop body fat for more than one-third out of the year. Again, whether you actually are dropping body fat and you're you're actually losing it or even if you're trying, right? Because both of those things weigh on you uh, mentally and physically because you know usually the, if, if you're somebody who's trying to drop body fat, you're, you're probably trying to go low calorie. So you are at going low calorie at some point, you're probably missing out on a ton of vitamins and minerals that you need. Your training probably sucks, but then at some point throughout the week, you're just not in that calorie deficit, or maybe it's something outside of the, the gym or in your training. That's the issue, right? Is it gut health? Is it your sleep? Is it your stress management? Things like that, right? Hormones. These are all things that you need to potentially look at there that might need to be fixed there with that. But either way, whether you're trying to, or you actually are, I just think that you shouldn't be in a fat loss phase for more than eight to 16 ish weeks at a time in for more than one third out of the year. I would generally say that for most people. However, in your forties as a female, like in particular, you as well too. Now there's always going to be some cases where somebody is super overweight. They might be able to get away with being in a deficit for a little bit longer, but anybody who is relatively into health and fitness, they have moderate amount of body fat to lose. Again, it, spending any time longer than that, I just think is not a great idea. So again, making sure we we avoid long periods of time in a deficit. The rest of the time you could be at your maintenance calories, really focusing on good habits, sleep hygiene, weight training, getting in enough protein, fueling your training, et cetera. Second, lift weights to build muscle. I think this is just vitally important for body composition in general, but for this particular avatar, women in their 40s, they need to lift weights at this point. As you start to get to this age, some people start to get into that premenopause stage. This is also where bone health starts to go down. And as a female, that's super important and weight training can help offset that. But just the lean body mass, I think is super important there as well too. So staying strong and then the lean body mass is important as well too. And then from a bone health standpoint as well too, super important. And then the third thing would be make sure you get enough protein in each day and have some of that protein around your workouts. I basically in this, this niche here, I would, I really push them to make sure they get protein probably within an hour after their workout. You don't have to slam a protein shake after you work out. However, I don't think you should go too terribly long without protein after your workout. I'm not overly concerned about beforehand. Again, I do think it would be better to not train fasted for this, for this group. However, I understand if you train first thing in the morning, it's not feasible to stuff some food in your face before you go, go work out, but just make sure afterwards you get some protein. in. so I think making sure you get that protein in around your workout is going to be super important. And, and, and one of the main uh, reasons for this is perimenopausal and postmenopausal women experience a decline in estradiol and anabolic resistance, which can lead to an accelerated loss of, of muscle mass. So we want to make sure that we get in protein as soon as we can after of tra training, right? And also it's probably a good idea to get in at least three servings of protein per day that are evenly spread out. Now, we don't have to get overly caught up in this. I think if we were to place the priority on this, it's going to be one, hit your overall protein intake for the day in this age group. Very close second to that underneath it is make sure you get a source of protein in around an hour after your workout, 30 to 60 minutes, not much longer than 60 minutes. Um, and then third, 
within this would be make sure you you get at least three servings of protein throughout the day um, and, and try to get that relatively spread out um, if you can. Yeah, I, th- I think that's super important uh, for this age group. So uh, again, it's not that you can't lose body fat, but it's, again, we have to be more, we have to plan this out a little bit better and we need to be a little bit more strategic with it um, there on that. So hopefully that was helpful. That's it for this episode and I will chat with you guys next time. Thank you for listening. If you want more free content like this, follow me on Instagram at jeffh91 underscore or visit jhhealth.net. See you next time.